We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Talking Buffalo, featuring conversations with guests from around the world of sports, media, pop culture, and all things Buffalo, with your host, Patrick Moran. Welcome to Talking Buffalo, part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm your host, Patrick Moran. Thank you for tuning in. A quick episode, an audio-only episode. Today on this Friday morning, it is actually about 1 a.m. or so Thursday overnight in the Friday morning when I'm recording this. The Buffalo Bills have made a pick in the first round. They moved up two spots to take a tight end, Dalton Kincaid. Uh, let's quickly here fire up the hot take machine, man. I'm, we're going to talk a little bit about Dalton Kincaid. Uh, some notes on how others respected people around the league view him. I got some thoughts of my own. Uh, we'll go around to some of the big draft moments around the league, and then we'll get set up quickly here for night two of the draft tonight, rounds two and three, at least as it pertains to the Buffalo Bills. And again, I'm sure right now, if you're a Bills fan, you are out there this morning, and, and I'm sure all day today on Friday leading up to night two, consuming as much information as humanly possible. I know I will be as well, so I am not going to take up your time. This is going to be a very, very short podcast. Again, I just want to drop some info, some personal thoughts, and then uh, send you on your way. We will be back with an episode tomorrow. I have a guest too, and we will break down night two of the draft tonight, how it plays out, and we'll set you up for uh, the final day of the draft on Saturday as well. But anyway, look, like many of you out there listening to this, I came in wanting a wide receiver all along throughout the process for six straight weeks. My good friend Aaron Quinn from Cover One joined me and we did a Bills mock draft. And pretty much without fail, every single time I wanted to take a wide receiver. And it's funny, and Aaron will admit this to you now in hindsight. We ended up going with an offensive tackle almost every time. And they weren't bad picks. We took Darnell Wright, I think twice. We took Broderick Jones in our final mock. They're good players. They're good picks. And as you saw when the real draft played out here on Thursday night, those guys were long, long gone. But in the mock drafts, quite often they were available. So they made for some interesting decisions. But anyway, without fail, 
almost every mock that we did that involved trades, when they got to be pick 19 to maybe 23, 24, once the draft value chart would show that the Bills wouldn't have to give up a second rounder to move up, like they could give up their first and maybe a third and then like a fifth next year, some kind of combination of scenarios like that, I would try to pitch Aaron on moving up. And time and time again, your boy said, no, thank you. Let's see how things played out. And again, in the mock world, there were some really good offensive tackles on the board. Guys that had it played out this way on Thursday night here, I would have been happy to take. But anyway, he just, we never made any trades. And in every single mock, uh, Jackson Smith, the Jigba, and Zay Flowers, and uh, Addison, except for maybe one with Addison. Those guys would all be gone between, well, actually, some of them would go early in the teens. But without fail, they'd all be gone before the Bills would be on the clock at 27. When this draft started, the real thing I'm talking about here, I, again, I wanted wide receiver all along. I, my heart was really set on Zay Flowers or Jackson Smith and the Jigba. Uh, knowing it was going to require a trade-up. And I knew that the whole time. And I was willing to settle for Jordan Addison, but I'm going to be honest, man, I wasn't as high on him as the other two guys, not even close. And I just didn't want uh, Gordon Johnston at all. Was not interested in him. To me, he was just a carbon copy of what they already have with Gabriel Davis and Josh Downs, who, by the way, didn't end up going in the first round at all. Pure slot guy. I wasn't anti-Josh Downs, but I just wasn't excited about him. I was excited about Zay Flowers and excited about uh, JSN. I didn't think much about tight end. I'm being completely honest here. Not because I didn't like them. I liked them very much. Aaron and I talked about it several times during the, the course of our six mocks. I liked Dalton Kincaid, and I liked Michael Mayer, and I, and I loved Darnell Washington from uh, Georgia, who didn't go in the first round, or did neither did Mayer for that matter. But anyway. I didn't think a lot about it going into this draft, the real thing on Thursday night, because I absolutely positively thought that there was no way that the Buffalo Bills are going to pull that trigger and take a tight end in the first round. And in the mocks that we did, Kincaid was rarely discussed in large part because he was almost always gone before the Bills picked in our mock draft. Um, and I'll get to this in just a minute. Most experts out there, most people who are credible out there who have good reputations when it comes to scouting and analyzing that we consume their content all the time. They had him as the top tight end and long gone. So anyway, didn't spend a lot of time talking about him. In fact, on the morning of uh, Thursday, I put out a list of guys that I realistically thought would be there that I wanted the bills to take, like my kind of wish list, my realistic wish list. I didn't have Dalton Kincaid on there. Because I didn't think he was realistically going to be available. Plus, I wanted tight ends more. I mean, I've said that several times. But anyway, I didn't think much about it. I ain't going into Thursday night. When it got to the Washington Commanders pick at 16, the first 15 picks, I mean, I was just into it as a fan and seeing how things played out. I knew there was no way in the world the Bills are going to move up from 27 to 15. There's no receiver in the draft or tight end or anything in this draft, quite frankly, that was worth the Bills giving up what it would have taken to move up to 15. So for the first 15 picks, I just sat back like a fan and watched how things played out. When it got to 16 with the Washington Commanders and no wide receiver was gone, which I considered 
not a huge surprise, but a mild surprise. I thought Jack Smith, the Jigba might've been gone before 16. But anyway, when he got to 16, I busted open the draft value chart. And that's when I started to do some chart value math from each pick. Uh, New England traded back from 14 to 17. And so they're on the clock at 17 and they go defense. They took a corner, uh, Christian Godzales, by the way, I like that pick. So they take a, a defensive guy at 17 and then Detroit's on the clock at 18 and they took Jack Campbell, which by the way, taking him kind of eliminated the, are the bills going to reach for what's far and away their biggest need with the first round pick. So in, in that sense, I'm glad Detroit took him because that kind of eliminated uh, that scenario altogether. Plus, it furthered my, my want for a wide receiver. So anyway, we're through 18 picks now. No wide receivers off the board, man. None. And I started telling a few friends of mine that I was kind of following the draft with along on, on Facebook. I said, and I said it's a couple of picks before it got there. I said, I thought Tampa at 19, that's going to be the team. Tampa at 19. They could use a lot right now. And then I even referenced it because I remember this going back to 2018. It was the Tampa Bay Bucks who the Bills moved up for to get Josh Allen five years ago. I said, so I know they got a, a trade history between these teams. Uh, so I'm like, Tampa, they're going to be the team. 19. Here it is. The chart value. I, I can't remember exactly right now off the top of my head, but it was the Bills giving up a first, a third, and then maybe they give up a, a fifth. And Tampa throws him back at six. Something like that. Nothing crazy. But once it got to 19, the, the draft value matched up a little bit that I started feeling like, I think this is worth it for Brandon Bean to go up and go get your wide receiver, especially because they were literally all available. But anyway, didn't happen. Um, Tampa makes a pick. They took a defensive tackle, um, for the kid from Pittsburgh. And then we get to 20, pick 20. Seattle's on the clock, and at this point, I'm getting frantic, man. I, I really am. I'm getting nervous. I'm starting to taste one of these two wide receivers that I really like. I'm starting to, I'm starting to taste it, you know? And uh, Seattle comes, and I'm like, well, they could they could have went a lot of different ways. Uh, I thought maybe they might take Will Levis. Uh, they could have taken defensive players. Wide receiver was always a possibility, but I'm also like, oh, well, they got Metcalf. They got Lockett. They got two good receivers, but nope. There it went. Pick 20. Seattle takes Jackson Smith to Jigba. And that, that, that crushed me a little bit. I died a little bit, but not as much. So the next pick, the Chargers are on the clock at 21. And they go wide receiver too. However, it was Quinton Johnson, which again, I didn't care. As far as I, I was concerned, because I didn't want him to go to Buffalo, that was just as good as a team taking a, a defensive player or a lineman for me. So I was actually happy about that. But now you've had two straight wide receivers go off the board. So now we're at pick 22 and the Baltimore Ravens are on the clock. And I'm like, I'm desperate at this point. Really desperate. I'm like pleading out loud. I watched the draft by myself, by the way. <laughs> I didn't know. I thought I might go crazy. I was like, people are looking at me like I'm nuts. But anyway, I'm pretty much yelling at the TV at this point. I'm frantically tweeting and post it on Facebook for Brandon Bean to please, please, please make the trade. Now's the time. Go get Zay Flowers right now. Didn't happen, of course. Baltimore goes, they take Zay Flowers. And like I said, my spirits at, at this point are, are pretty much crushed. Like legit crushed. I was pretty pissed off at Brandon Bean. I'm not going to lie here, man. I was, I was ready to rip him on social media. Well, kind of being careful because I know 
that maybe they still might at this time might think it anyway. Like maybe they're not going to take any pass catcher at all. Maybe they're going to trade for DeAndre Hopkins tonight or, or something along those lines. So I wanted to be somewhat careful with my words, but I was still, I was angry. I really wanted one of those two guys. I just thought they would be great fits. And more than, maybe even more than that, at least, I, I'm starting to fear in my mind. I'm like, please, God, tell me that this football team is not going to take a defensive lineman with this pick at 27. That's the one thing I didn't want more than anything else in the world. So anyway, you've had now three straight wide receivers go off the board starting at 20. You have JSN gone. You got Johnson who goes to the Chargers. And you got my guy who I wanted more than anyone else, Zay Flowers, who goes to the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Minnesota's on the clock at 23, and they take Jordan Addison. So now that's four straight wide receivers gone. Four straight wide receivers. What a run that is, by the way. And at this point, I'm demoralized. Now, again, I wanted, I would have been happy to get Jordan Addison, but not on the same level as Flowers or JSM, but I still wanted him at that point. When they got to be picked 23, I'm like, please, all right. Addison's the last guy that I really, really want here. Once he goes off the board, and I'm resigned to, uh, you know, either Josh Downs, which I did not love at all, or, or Drew Sanders, which I would have loved even less, or just praying for a trade down. Uh, I, I, I tweeted, word for word here, after Jordan Addison goes pick 23rd, I said, I usually don't let my fandom come out when talking bills on here, but so help me God, if Bean stays put, watches the top wide receivers all fall off now and ends up with the seventh defensive lineman off the board who will play 50 to 60% of the snaps and peak at five or six sacks for his career, I'm going to be angry. You ain't ever beating Kansas City or Cincinnati that way for real. That's what I said. And then minutes later, I, I posted on Facebook as well. I said, because the Bills are going on the clock. I said, go tight end, Josh Downs, or trade down. Nothing else. Literally, as I put that up like 30 seconds later, maybe Brandon Bean saw it or something. I don't know. But uh, the Bills are on the clock. They moved up two spots with the Jags, and they take Dalton Kincaid. I like to pick, by the way. If, if that's not clear yet, if I haven't went out of my way to say that I'm saying it now, Given how the board played out, given no Zay Flowers, given no JSN, I like this pick a lot. And I think overall, going by what I saw on social media, I, I, I'm not saying, no, I didn't say a lot of criticism. I saw a little bit, but I'm like, I'm at a loss. Like, why, when any Bills fan out there right now, if you're listening to the show and you're one of these people who I, I'm probably in the minority, but why would any Bills fan right now? Not like this pick. What do you want? Do you want the fifth wide receiver off the board? Or do you want the fifth offensive lineman off the board instead? Or like I said, do you want the sixth or seventh defensive lineman off the board? Give me the top tight end in this class all day, every day, in the scenario where the Bills found themselves at when it was the 25th pick in the class. Uh, to me, We've been talking about, and I'm guilty of it as hell too. It's all been wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver. Like we discounted running back. Didn't really talk much about tight ends. But at the end of the day, Josh Allen in this offense, this offense that put up freaking 10 points and an embarrassing home loss to end the season in the playoffs against Cincinnati. This is a team that needs weapons, not automatically a wide receiver. They need weapons. They need to score more points. They need to have more uh, dangerous 
players on the football field, players that could hurt you. They need to have more weapons, and that's what Dalton Kincaid is. For the casual fans out there, now I know there's a lot of people who are probably listening to this show who either already knew because you're, you know, you were really into the draft. So maybe you already know plenty about Dalton Kincaid. Or maybe immediately after the pick, you went deep diving into every website or podcast or analyst that you can get your, your eyes and your ears on. And now you're all caught up and you know a lot about Delta KK. But I'm sure there's people listening right now who don't know much about him at all and just know that the Bills took a tight end. So I'll just tell you quickly a little bit about the guy. He's 6'4", 246 pounds. He was a two-year starter at Utah, transferred to Utah. His stats last year at Utah, 70 catches, 890 yards, and eight touchdowns. The 890 yards, the eight touchdowns, second in the entire nation among all tight ends, kind of rose to prominence last year as a senior against USC. He had 16 catches for 234 yards. That's not a, I'm not misspeaking there. 16 catches, 234 yards, and an upset win over USC. The guy had just two drops last year and 93 targets. This is stats per PFF. Um, his flaws, he's not a great blocker, still developing there. He's kind of like a move tight end. Basically, he's a tight end to some extent by uh, title only. You could call him a big slot receiver if it makes you feel better. If you're really stuck on this receiver, the word receiver, let's call Dalton Kincaid a slot receiver. That's going to make you feel good. Um, for what it's worth, he zoomed with the Buffalo Bills just this past Monday. In fact, that was his last visit, so to speak, with the team. He talked about that during his introductory oppressor late Thursday. Did not participate in the Senior Bowl because of injury. But again, he was high on a lot of prominent people's boards. In fact, let me uh, take a real quick break here. And then I'm going to tell you what some of the uh, the big wigs out there, some of the most respected NFL draft analysts have to say about this guy. If you're a Bills fan, I think you're going to be uh, really impressed. So be right back, folks. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. 
Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, we are back here talking Buffalo. We're talking about first-round pick Dalton Kincaid. Let me run off uh, a couple of um, notable analysts out there and what they had to say about him. Uh, I've mentioned PFF a couple times. PFF had him their number one tight end and their number 10 prospect overall. And they wrote, at 240 pounds, Kincaid bridges the gap between tight end and wide receiver. You're not going to draft him for his blocking ability, but he's at least serviceable in that regard. No, Kincaid could be a focal point of an offense with his route running ability after recording 70 catches for 890 yards at Utah last season. Uh, Dane Brueger from The Athletic, one of the, the biggest names out there, one of the most respected people out there. He had Kincaid as his second best tight end in his 20th overall prospect of this draft. Uh, two more. The Ringer, very popular website. The Ringer had a big draft guide, and they had him as their top tight end in the draft, which a lot of people did, and their 12th overall prospect. And it's funny because in their summary of him, they don't say him by name. So I'm not going to say that they say him by name, but they make their comparisons. They have, they don't call it a comparison. They'll say shades of. So it says Dalton Kincaid says shades of, I don't even want to say it, but I'm thinking it. And I'm going to give you a spoiler right now, folks, the comparison that they're talking about when it comes to Dalton Kincaid. And I kind of hate saying it too, because it's just stupid expectations to put on a young man. But Travis Kelsey is who they're talking about. They're talking about Travis Kelsey, and they highlight, you know, they go through his bio and stuff, and they say why he could rise. They say he's a very productive pass catcher with size, speed, and top-tier body control. He's a ball winner, and he's dangerous after the catch. I'm telling you, man, this guy is a bit, and Brandon Bean talked about it, and a lot of fans are starting to talk about it, and analysts are starting to talk about it. Kind of like a bigger version and a faster version of uh, Cole Beasley. But anyway, that's what the ringer had to say about him. And then maybe my favorite, Daniel Jeremiah. And again, if you follow the draft at all, you know who Daniel Jeremiah is. He had him as his best tight end. Not only did he have him as his best tight end, but he had him as his ninth overall best prospect. And Jeremiah said, if this league allows Dalton Kincaid, and this was before the draft, by the way, or before the pick, he says, this is funny. If this league allows Dalton Kincaid to go play with Josh Allen, it's probably going to get what it deserves. So Daniel Jeremiah, PFF, The Ringer, Dane Brueger, all very high on this kid. Um, shortly after the pick, Brandon Bean uh, met with the media. Um, he said that he didn't have a first-round grade on all the wide receivers because he was asked, you know, why didn't he move up or who he had first grades on. And the only he, he, he didn't specify names. But he said he didn't have first-round grades on all the wide receivers. And I'll tell you this, too. I also heard going into this draft, I, I think I mentioned this maybe on the podcast yesterday or uh, maybe even last week, but I heard that the Bills, not counting quarterbacks, only had 13 first-round grades on players. So anyway, he said he didn't have a first-round grade on all of his wide receivers that were picked before Kincaid. And I believe him. Now, I don't think they had Quinn and Johnson for starters, Quinn and Johnston graded as a, a first round grade. But anyway, being it said that, 
He said that he tried to move up to 25 from 27 with the Giants. But when they said that the Giants told him that they were moving up themselves with Jacksonville, then he called the Jaguars immediately. So he got Jacksonville one from 24 to 25 and then 25 ultimately to 27. And then he said, and I'm talking about Brandon being here. He said that had Dalton Kincaid not been there, that he would have moved down with that 27th pick. Now, I'm going to tell you, I believe him. I truly do. I believe him. I know GMs are full of shit during this whole process, you know, the whole draft season. And of course, no matter who they draft, especially a first round or a second round guy, they're going to speak highly of them. They're going to say they had a high grade on them. We, we all know this shit, but I believe them. I really do. Because it was, I mean, the top three receivers were gone. Jack Campbell was gone. And I don't think that he wanted to use, I was afraid he was going to, but now as things played out and, and proven by the fact he traded up for tight end, I think that uh, Randy Bean really did not want to draft a defensive lineman with his first round pick this year. I really, I, I, I truly believe that. And I think all the good first round quality offensive linemen we're already gone. So I actually believe Brandon Bean when he says that, that if Kincaid wasn't there, that he definitely would have um, tried to move down. And then I want to give, and I'm going to make sure I give uh, some credit to uh, Sal Capaccio for this. Sal Capaccio tweeted this. Very important. I'm reading what he said word for word here, folks. Very important comment from Brandon Bean. Says when the Bills go to 12 personnel, and for people out there who don't know, 12 personnel is when you're playing with one running back in two tight ends. So you have two receivers, two tight ends, and one running back. So when the Bills go to 12 personnel, they'll usually see a base defense because usually that's a sign that you're going to run the football. In fact, last year, a lot of the times when the Bills would have 12 personnel, because technically Bobby Hart would be their second tight end and was almost a telegraph that they were running the football. So the defense would adjust and they would put an extra linebacker out there. They play in a base defense. Well, Sal says, with Kincaid a part of the 12 personnel, they're going to see more nickel. And Sal wrote that that's a clear indication that they feel this pick will allow them to dictate what the defense does. I like that a lot. And I think that's important. And I have talked about this on this podcast before. And I use Darnell Washington as a great example because I just mentioned Bobby Hart. I was like, the Bills can play more 12 personnel. Which, by the way, I, I got to give credit to Cover Wongs. I heard this on their podcast. Uh, actually, I heard it about an hour or so before I started recording. The Bills last year, I, I think they were second last in the NFL at how often they used this 12 personnel package with basically two tight ends. So that's something that's going to damn sure better switch. You use a, a pick out of tight end in the first round. You already have Dawson Knox. But anyway, when I, I used Darnell Washington, the, the big kid from Georgia, as an example. Like if he's in there and not Bobby Hart, you don't know that the Bills are going to run the football because Darnell Washington can catch the football. So I, I don't know how often, and we'll have to see how things play out with Ken Dorsey, but the Bills are going to be in two tight end sets more often this year. But now, unlike last year, they're going to they're gonna throw the football a lot more out of it because, look, the Bills did not move up and draft Dalton Kincaid because he's an elite blocker. He's not. They drafted him because of his pass catching ability. They, they drafted him because he can high point a football, because he can catch the football in traffic, because he can catch the ball and make guys miss. He could create separation. I think you're going to see a lot of 12 personnel sets, but you're going to see 
instead of, you know, two tight ends in tight, I think you're going to see a lot more uh, of Dawson Knox on the line and, and uh, you're going to see more Dalton Kincaid in that slot where we saw Cole Beasley play so much over the last few years. I think you're going to see a lot of that. Good point by Sale. It's a clear indication that this pick will allow them to dictate what the defense does more often. I love that. So anyway, good stuff from Brandon Bean. I know a lot of people also, I, I got a lot of questions immediately from more casual Bills fans than anyone else. But so what does this mean for Dawson Knox? A lot of people want to know that. It means for the next two years, absolutely nothing. Because Dawson Knox ain't going anywhere. There's no way Dawson Knox is going anywhere for at least the next two years. Dawson Knox signed that big extension last year. Right now, if the Bills wanted to cut Dawson Knox this summer, they would eat $25 million in dead cap. And they would, instead of saving money against the cap, they would actually have $8 million more added to the cap. So not a possibility. It's not even a, a thought that that could happen this year. And basically, same deal for next year in 2024. Next year, or next, I should say in 2024, Dawson Knox has a cap hit of $14.4 million. Cutting him creates twenty over $20 million of dead cap space. And again, negative $5 million in cap savings. So it would actually hurt them to cut him. Just like this offseason when people were talking about or thinking about Stefan Diggs maybe getting traded. And we told you, put the kibosh on that shit because that shit is not happening. Regardless of how Stefan feels. Which, by the way, I don't think he ever wanted to trade. That's not what I'm suggesting. What I'm saying is even if he did want to trade or even if the Bills wanted to trade him, the costs would have made it impossible. Basically, what I'm telling you is that cutting Dawson Knox financially over anytime over the next two years just ain't going to happen. Now, maybe 2025, three years from now, it's a different story. It's got like a $15.4 million cap it in 2025. They would eat $7.8 million in dead cap, but now you're saving $7.6 million. Or if you want to go to the last year of his deal because he signed to 2026, they would save $12 million in salary cap by cutting him. Which, to be fair, at that point, they're probably were going to cut him or restructure his deal somewhere along the lines, even if they don't take a tight end. So Dawson Knox ain't going nowhere for the next two years. I wouldn't worry about him. Who I would worry about right now, to be quite frank with you, is Quinn Morris. Quinn Morris showed a couple flashes, a little here and there last year as a second tight end. But with Kincaid here, that roster spot is clearly, I'm not going to go as far as to say that I predict Quinn Morris is going to get cut because maybe the Bills keep three tight ends, but he's not going to bed this weekend sleeping too comfortable knowing that his future with this team potentially could be in jeopardy. Or maybe he is, I don't know. But basically, any, any, way, you, uh, any way you try to say it here, there's no real uh, way around it. Quinn Morris, his future with the Bills, could be in jeopardy. So anyway, in terms of the draft, the first round itself, uh, I really like what Philly did. Uh, Jalen Carter, Nolan Smith. <coughs> Excuse me. That that was, Those were good picks for Philly. Uh, I love that the Ravens just stood pat at 22, and they had Zay Flowers fall into his lap. I mean, you want to talk about an offense that's going to be revamped. They get, the, uh, they get the Lamar Jackson deal done. They, of course, they signed Beckham a couple weeks ago, and now they got Zay Flowers. That offense is going to be something to deal with now. Um, I, I like JSN. I think that's going to be a nice fit for Seattle with Metcalf and, and, and Doc Lockett. On the other side, I can't believe Detroit, man. 
I'm a Detroit Lions fan. I know my my weekly uh, Tuesday partner here, Joe Yurden, he lives and dies with the Detroit Lions. They're a good football team. still like them a lot, but man, it's draft. Jameer Gibbs, a running back, second running back in the draft, taking 12 overall, and then they take Campbell at 18. That was the, uh, I don't know, both those guys feel like they could have moved down twice and still got them. At least that's what we think based off mock drafts and what we read. I mean, I'm sure the league knows better than we do. We'll see, but did not like that on the surface. Uh, I love the Colts getting Richardson with the fourth overall pick. He's the third quarterback off the board. I, I've said this before. If I had the top overall pick, if I was Carolina, I would have took uh, Richardson number one. He's about his ceiling, his upside. I just love it. A little bit surprised that uh, Will Levis was not drafted at all in the first round. Uh, we're about to get out of here. Before that, though, real quick, DeAndre Hopkins is probably going to dominate to this morning, this afternoon, and into tonight. Discussions, certainly among Bills fans, because most of you listening are Bills fans. I said before the draft, if the Bills or the Kansas City Chiefs, if neither of them took a wide receiver on Thursday night, that it would be game on for DeAndre Hopkins come Friday. The Chiefs took a defensive end with the last pick of the first round. The Bills did not take a wide receiver. However, they did take a pass catcher. So I'm not really sure how I feel about DeAndre Hopkins realistically being in a mix. Um, I, I still think the Bills could be in play. Kansas City is definitely in play. I think maybe Dallas is. I think maybe the Giants are. I think DeAndre Hopkins is going somewhere. By the time Saturday, by the time this draft is over, DeAndre Hopkins is going to have a new home. And quite frankly, right now at this point, I feel because of what the Bills did on Thursday night, I, I feel like it's uh, unlikely with the Bills. Uh, I, I think if you go out and you get DeAndre Hopkins right now, knowing after you just got Kincaid, and if you're going to play Kincaid a lot as a rookie, if he's not going to sit the bench, he's going to play 30 to 50% of the offensive snaps, something like that. Whether it's in, you know, two tight end personnel or maybe, you know, Dawson Knox gets a little banged up. I don't know, whatever. There's lots of situations Kincaid is going to play. He might not start, but he's going to play a lot. Anyway, assuming he's going to, if you had DeAndre Hopkins right now, probably means the end for Gabe Davis. And I just don't think the Bills are ready to do that. I really don't. Plus, the Bills, after making this trade, because they gave up a fourth to move up those two spots. So now the Bills only have four more picks left in this draft instead of five. Two tonight, their second and third round picks as things stand. And uh, two on, on Saturday. Now, of course, 2024 picks could be in play. I'm not ruling it out. I'm not saying there's no chance the Bills trade for Hopkins. I'm just saying that there's probably slightly to moderately less of a chance that they'll trade for Hopkins. I just, just don't go to Kansas City. That's all I give a shit about, man. Don't Kansas City, don't trade for DeAndre Hopkins, man. We don't need that uh, around the league. But anyway, moving on from Hopkins, a couple or a handful, I should say, of uh, night two prospects tonight for the Bills. Look, I don't want I don't know how I feel about wide receiver, but but if you want wide receiver, and I don't buy, it's not that I don't want one. It's I don't really buy the Bills drafting a wide receiver in rounds two or three after getting Kincaid. But if you do, if you're still stuck on wide receiver right now, Jalen Hyatt and Jonathan Mingo, a kid I like a lot, by the way. I like Mingo. Uh, Tank Dow, purely a slot receiver. Josh Downs, I list him, but I don't think there's any way 
he has to go in the top half of round two, but I'll listen for now. And Cedric Tillman, those are a bigger kid. Those are a handful of receivers that are still on the board. For linebacker, after Campbell's gone, is Drew Sanders a bust for me on night two? There's no one else that I think is a night two guy. If you can't get Drew Sanders, and I don't think you can get him at 59, I think you're going to have to move up to get him, which I don't think Brandon Bean wants to lose any more picks from this year. I think he's more likely to trade down, to be honest with you, and pick up an extra pick or two than he is to trade up. But again, you could also factor in picks next year. But anyway, my point is this. If you can't get Drew Sanders, to me, it's bust. Don't even bother with a linebacker on night two. At that point, you're set on Dodson and Klein and Bernard and Spectre. Let's battle it out over the summer and see who comes out on top. Uh, it's a pretty good defensive tackles. Keanu Benton's a guy that Aaron Quinn and I have been really high on in our mock drafts. Uh, Zach Pickens, Gervin Dexter Jr., a guy that I like a lot. I know Joe B's mocked him to the Bills a couple times in his mocks as well. Um, on the edge, you got Ojolari, uh, Derek Hall, Keon White. Oh, I think Keon White will be gone really early, though, on uh, tonight. So safety, the Bills have put a lot of focus on safety during these like pre-draft visits and stuff like that. Sidney Brown's out there. Brian Branch is out there, but let's not mention him. There's no way he's going to be around long. Uh, Antonio Johnson's another guy. Um, offensive tackles. Dewan Jones is out there. Tyler Steen. Matthew Bergeron from Syracuse. He's a guy I like a lot. Um, Aaron and I have talked about him plenty. If you like interior offensive linemen, Joe Titman, Cody Mock, John Michael Smith, uh, Steve Avila. Luke Weckler, those guys are all out there. So there's a lot of talent on the offensive line. If I'm Brandon Bean, I don't think you can move up again for Juice Henners anymore. I mean, you could, but I consider that highly unlikely. I think the Bills stay pat at 59 or maybe even move down a couple spots. They did it last year with James Cook to pick up a little bit of extra draft capital. In fact, they did it twice with James Cook. So I could see that happening. If you can't get... You know, I would like an offensive tackle. When I look at this draft right now from a Bills perspective, you got Kincaid. To me, realistically speaking here, if I can go and get myself an offensive tackle, like say Matthew Bergeron in round two, who I think, by the way, is good enough to come in and push Spencer Brown from day one. If you can go get a, a kid like that on the offensive side and maybe a defensive tackle, like maybe Gervin Dexter falls to round three or Zach Pickens, somebody like that. You can go offensive tackle, defensive tackle. Let's, you know, let's get dirty in the trenches on night two after getting a good pass catching weapon in round one. I think that's a big W uh, for the Buffalo Bills. All right, I want to get out of here before it gets any longer. I thank you very much for listening again. I will be back late Friday night, an episode for Friday or for Saturday morning. And I will have a guest on with me as well. So I kind of do a little bit of back and forth because I'm not going to lie to you, man. I hate doing this solo shit. but. I don't want to not put nothing out there for y'all. But anyway, thank you very much for listening. And uh, we'll be back. We'll talk more Buffalo Bills draft. Night two we'll have uh, tomorrow. Mm -hmm.